There's a growing ideology today that church growth isn't necessarily a good thing. Some people are actually against churches that want to grow, like it's somehow a bad thing. Yeah, that if a, if a church leader talks about church growth, that he is, he is very selfish and yeah. is only trying to make a name for himself. And I think the assumption, which is exactly when Jesus said that we're not to judge, what he mean, meant by this is we're not to judge those things we can't judge, like we're not to judge someone's motives. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I am all about church growth. I love to see God's church grow, but I think I get that from Jesus. Yes, and we'll yeah. see it in this passage. You're almost sinning if you're not, in my opinion. I, if if you if that's not your <laughs> if if you don't aren't passionate about seeing people great come commission to Christ and growing, man, and disobedience, right? So uh, I'll get started. Verse okay. one of chapter thirteen. Oh yeah. By the way, you're listening 13. between the lines. I'm Junior, and I'm Scott. So good thing good thing we remembered that, or they wouldn't have known who they were listening right. to. Verse 1, about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think that those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. Oh, now, real quick, I, let me just point out here that mm-hmm. people during this time, was a lot. Uh, it was very, very popular to believe like if something bad happened to you, if you were born with an illness, yeah. or if a tragedy happened, it's because of sin in your life. And even Jesus' disciples had yes. thought that, and yeah. Jesus corrected that Which isn't altogether always false. Right. Sometimes bad things happen because we cause yeah. them, yeah. but not always. And actually, Jesus is going to point out here that all of us then would have those bad yeah. things happen to us because we're all sinners. Right. So verse 3, not at all, and you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. Then Jesus told the story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it some special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. What's his point there? I, you know, I think that <laughs> this is both the, the justice of God as well as the patience of God. Yeah. That at some point, God, I mean, God is just, and he, and he, will ju- he must judge sin. If he doesn't judge sin, he would not be a good God because he wouldn't be a just God. Yeah. In order for him to be a good God, he has to be holy and just. So his justice is necessary, but at the same time, He's also patient. And Peter, in fact, says that it's because of God's patience that we are even still alive so that we would come to faith. I think that's the point. Verse 10 then, one Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight how she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. Again, it just just shows how wrapped up they were in their rules and their legalism. Um, There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on, those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. (laughs) Jesus, you should have waited till tomorrow. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites. Each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This your woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? Actually, it's a greater celebration on the Sabbath. And this shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. I'll let you take over in verse 18. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It's like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. 
It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It's like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Hmm. This is really where we get church, I mean, so much yeah. scripture is church growth, but here's two, two parables about. And, and it's what Jesus was saying. He said, this is how the kingdom of God is supposed to be. Like, yep. it's supposed to be like the mustard seed or it's supposed to be like the yeast. That we are to be, he's now pointing us out as being the yeast or the mustard seed that he wants to see grow and he wants to see the kingdom of God expand. And, yeah. and, and th- that's a good thing. That's not a... So are we to say, oh, Jesus is being very selfish here. He he just wants to brag about growth. No, this is what we want. We ought to right. want man, the heart we, of Jesus. more worshipers yeah. for God, more people coming to repentance. Well, and this is why this past weekend as a church, we had a commitment weekend where we got together and it was just a beautiful weekend. And what a great Saturday to, and Sunday. Yeah, yeah, we committed to stepping out. And it really is this idea of we committed to permeating every part of the dough, mm-hmm. as Jesus said. Verse 22 says, Jesus went through the towns and the villages teaching as he went, also pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but 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 will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You'll stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you, where you come from, or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. Man, all of this creates a lot of fear in verses 28 and following as well. He talks about the reality of hell. Yeah. And I mean, that that would be my absolute greatest fear would to be to not make it in. Yep. But the key is verse 27 when he says, "I those that were kept out, they were kept out because Jesus did not know them. Yeah. It's based on our relationship. He's the one that gets us in. We must be attached to him. Yeah. Says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be the least important then. Hmm. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and the third day. I will accomplish my purpose. You remember a couple days ago, I think it was Monday when we talked about when he said, don't fear man who can kill your body. Instead, fear God who can kill your soul. He obviously was not afraid of Herod Antipas. It was not. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way, for it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, blessings in the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And they will shout that. Yeah. when Jesus enters into Jerusalem for his final week before his death. That's right. All right, well, should we get over to Proverbs 24? Proverbs 24, great, uh, again, a lot of, man, a lot of words of wisdom, right. great nuggets here. But I think you were looking at uh, verse 10, right? Yep, verse 10, it says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Hmm. So if you failed yesterday, it just shows you're weak. Have a great day. 
That <laughs> <laughs> oh, seems well, pretty discouraging, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it, and, he, and we also read in Ecclesiastes that the just man falls seven times but gets back up again. So yeah. you're not a failure because you fail once. It's it's the it's it's when you quit when you no longer get up again. Yeah. And so what we have to recognize though is that when there's pressure on us, that pressure is a is a good thing. Yeah, it's not negative. I remember you talk, talking to me actually when I was in college about how um, our lives kind of ebb and flow in the sense of when we're stressed, we crave rest. And mm-hmm. when we rest, we don't really necessarily see it this way, but our body does crave stress mm-hmm. when we are rested. That's what boredom is. Yeah. When you're bored and you start fidgety, it's just the body craving some stress. Yeah. So, And when we're overly stressed, we do need to rest. And when we're overly rest, we do need to yes. give ourselves something to do. And so life is not a marathon. It's just like one long jog. It's this series of sprints mm-hmm. where you put a lot of pressure and stress on yourself. Mm-hmm. Actually, we kind of feel this right now. We're just talking as a staff, like this has been an insane month yeah. around here. Yep. So like Easter and Capital Everybody's Campaign. Everybody's looking forward to June. And, oh yeah, it's just been crazy. Um, and so we're, we're craving rest. But then once we get into the summer, we're going to be starting to look forward yeah. to this fall when we run again. Yeah. That's how our lives are supposed to be is we run and then take a quick rest and then run again. Yeah. So pressure's not a bad thing. Yep. Don't quit because you've got pressure. You instead, push through it. And when it's the right time, you'll get the rest that you need as well. But uh, listen, it's uh, great being with you again. And we look forward to tomorrow. <laughs>